Do you have a fetish? I sure do. And I'm going to tell you about mine and more tonight on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making relationships the best they can be. Tonight on the program, I had a big win in my office this week. A patient of mine who had not been sexually active with her husband for about nine or ten years got back to the bedroom with him after some treatment recommendations. So needless to say, I am elated with that. A lot of people wonder what exactly it is that I do, how people how I treat people with sexual dysfunction or sexual disorder. And so this case underscores the work that I do. So I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit later in the program. To celebrate, though, I am going to be giving out a vibrator because I'm feeling very generous tonight. So you can give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell if you like. And um, that ought to rev things up for you, too. Can't forget about the guys. Male menopause is real. Are you moody, irritable, insomniac? An insomniac. Falling asleep with your big belly after dinner. That's the classic look. Yes, I'm going to tell you about a new study. And the proof is in the pudding. Perhaps you've had too much pudding. Um, That male menopause does exist. No, we have not cornered the market on menopause. Male menopause is, of course, called menopause, very appropriately. What about love? Love, in its truest sense of the meaning of the word, is perfection. When we think of love, we think of the happy kind of love, the kind that is the beginning of something amazing, something beautiful. It breathes life. There is, however, another kind of love, a much darker and sadder kind of love. It's the love one feels when one loves someone he or she can never and will never be in a relationship with. Get your tissues out. We're going to be talking about this as well. Also, thank you, Lenny Kravitz. The truth always comes out. Last week, right after the show, I got an email, which I'll read to you a little bit later. I love your emails. uh, Asking my opinion on male genital jewelry. Of course I have an opinion on that. I have an opinion on everything. So to that end, I decided that very moment I was going to talk about genital piercing and all of the different types from Prince Albert and everything else. So I hope you look forward to that. But because it's a little bit of a risque subject, I'm going to leave that to the end of the program. In addition, but prior to that, probably I'll talk about fetishes. And yes, I have a fetish. And I will tell you, and my fetish hit me smack in the face tonight, just before I came came into the studio. (laughs) There it was. Oh my gosh, it was shocking. Uh, So don't forget, I'm going to, I have that vibrator for you. If you want to give us a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. And uh, I want to thank Jordan in advance of the program for uh, helping out with the technical production. Nice. (laughs) Nice to see you, Jordan. (laughs) Welcome back. Hello, Maureen. How are you? Good. How are you? I've missed you. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. Oh, wow. Uh, You know, a lot of people comment that I have a radio voice. In fact, I've heard that my entire life. 
Um, some call it a bedroom voice. I would have to disagree with that. Okay, well, whatever. You know what? doesn't matter because it takes more than a radio voice to host a radio show. And it takes more than just having had sex to actually host a sex show. So there. Uh, but thank you tonight. Great to see you as usual. Um, so anyway, uh, I really don't have anything else to say. So <laughs> why don't we go to break now? And uh, when I come back... I'm going to dive into, is is your man moody? Is he irritable? Is he angry? Does he lose his cool? Is he driving you crazy? Is he in his 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s? Do you feel like tossing him over the bridge? Really don't feel like having sex with him because he is so miserable. Well, there may be a reason and it may be menopause. And I'm going to talk about that when I return. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I am Maureen, your host, and I just realized now I forgot to tell you who I was. I'm assuming you know who I am. Anyway, I'm Maureen McGrath. I'm a registered nurse and host of this show, and I look forward to talking to you about menopause upon my return. Thanks for hanging with me. Welcome back to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Another great song by Marcy Playland. Is that who that is? Marcy Playground. Playground. Sex and Candy. Sex and Candy, of course. Two of my absolute favorite things in life. Absolutely. Thank you for playing that. That is a great song. I'm Maureen McGrath. I am your host for tonight's Sunday Night Sex Show, and I'm going to talk to you. A little male-centric show for this evening. I'm going to talk to you about menopause and genital jewelry for men. Women wear it as well, maybe for different reasons for each of them, but to the same end. Um, If you want to call me about any of the subjects, you can, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell, because I am giving out a vibrator, but I have Heather on the line. Hello, Heather. Hello, Heather. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Are you calling about a particular question, or did you want to win the vibrator, or both? Both. Both, okay. What's your question? Fabulous. Well, actually, I don't have a... Well, did you... What, bleh, what do you want to talk about with, with any of those subjects? You pick one, and I'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know about menopause, Heather? Um, that I'm terrified of it. Why? Because <laughs> it's so scary and horrible, and it lasts... 10 years and gross. No, this is menopause, not menopause. (laughs) Mano. No, man. M-A-N. It's my accent. When the men get it. Um, I would be more afraid of the men getting it than me. (laughs) So is it like a a once-in-a-lifetime thing, like with women? It's a it's a transitional time of life, and it's associated with their testosterone levels reducing but it shows uh, in a comprehensive study, which spanned 25 years, uh, the testosterone levels of 2,500 men, it found that men's testosterone levels begin to drop in their 30s, and that's when they can ex- begin to experience joint pain, night sweats, low mood, low sex drive. Uh, and those are very similar symptoms to menopause, which women experience. So evolutionarily speaking, why do either of the species go through these changes? I am a sexpert, not a biologist. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I'm going to take a stab at that, though. I'll tell you why. It's a natural transition of life, and these hormones are required for certain reasons, mainly for procreation. 
So when women, you know, their biological clocks tick away and then they stop ticking because no one expects women, although they are today, to be having babies in their 40s. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and also men, you know, probably the best time to, that they're going to father children or from an evolutionary perspective is late teens, early 20s. So naturally the testosterone would drop off, but we thought it dropped off later in life and we mm-hmm. didn't associate it until we saw this study. Okay. Yes. So with that, yeah, go ahead. shoot. What constitutes a fetish? I'm going to actually be getting into fetishes later. Okay, later. Um, in the program, but it's basically uh, an, an attraction that causes arousal to uh, uh, an inanimate object. Oh. Yes, in general. They're harmless. There's no problem with them. Nobody has to be <laughs> afraid of fetishes. I'm going to reveal my own, which, was <laughs> which hit me in the face before I came into the show tonight. Um, so it's, I beg your pardon, as it were, (laughs) as it were, absolutely there it was. And I'm, you know, now I know, and I know if it starts to impact my life, which it already has, uh, there's a problem and I need to get help, but it Mm -hmm. may not, but it may not help me because I don't really feel like getting help for this because I actually like this fetish and a lot of people like their fetishes. This is true. This is educational. Okay. But, um, yeah, so it's, uh, but a fetish is a persistent preferential sexual arousal associated with non-living objects like like feet or panties or something like that but i'll be getting into that a little bit later okay yeah well now you did want to win the vibrator um i could live with that okay fantastic well you can actually just go shop on my website Uh www.backtothebedroom.ca go into the store and just pick out whatever you like oh boy all right and then we'll send it off to you all right. What if you can hang on and talk to Jordan? Give him your information. That would be fantastic. Thanks so much for your call, Heather, and all your great questions. Perhaps you're wondering about some of these issues as well. And there's always issues in life we see. But male menopause, which is what we were talking about. So the menopause. We always associate menopause with women, and and needless to say, because it's a common occurrence. All women will go through menopause. It's a natural transition in life. It's when the estrogen and its fluctuation of the sex hormones, estrogen and progesterone, and it basically, after a year of not having periods, you for sure cannot get pregnant. But there are symptoms during menopause that occur, one in particular that will never go away. This is the menopause for women. Perimenopause and menopause. Women may get vaginal dryness. And unlike hot flashes, night sweats, leg pains, joint pains, insomnia, heart palpitations, vaginal dryness never goes away unless it is treated. And the treatments for it are personal moisturizers, lubricants during intercourse, personal moisturizers, which are used routinely. And the personal moisturizers are like Repigine, which is ovule, or Dr. U Aqua, which is a cream, Gynotroph, which is another gel. Uh, also lubricants like V-Love, uh, which also has a little L-arginine in it and may increase the blood flow. Um, so, uh, and then if that doesn't work, if you have more than vaginal dryness and you have vaginal atrophy, which has other symptoms like thin watery discharge, postcoital bleeding, so bleeding after sex, 
or um, uh, recurrent urinary tract infections, burning, itching, those kinds of things, you may need low-dose localized estrogen therapy. So this is a good place to stop so we can then move over to the men. But I do have a caller on the line, and it's Paul. Hello, Paul. Hi, Maureen. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. I have a question. I'm um, in a wheelchair. I'm wanting to know if there's anything out there like, to get hard. Uh, so you're having difficulty having erections? Yes. Do you have reflex erections? Uh, yes. You do? Um, yes. Okay. So is your injury, are you a uh, paraplegic? Do you have a... No. Uh, I'm qu- not. Quad? I have, a high, I have MS. A high-level injury? Yes, I have MS. Oh, I'm sorry. You have MS. I'm so yeah. sorry. I was assuming you had a spinal cord injury. Yeah. Okay. Um, so have you used any vibrators in the past? No. You certainly can use a vibrator, and we use that in the clinics, uh, especially for men who are wanting to father children. Um, we do electroejaculation, uh, vibrostimulation to electroejaculation. Uh, and okay. there certainly are some clinical vibrators that you can order. Okay. Um, where There's is... also vacuum pumps as well. Okay, where Which works every out? time. Uh, you know, you can actually you just, why don't you email me and I'll send you the information. Do you want to email me uh, or, or leave your, or I can email you. You can leave your information with me. Okay. Or, why don't you sure. leave your information with Jordan either way and I'll get that information out to you, okay? Okay, thank All you. All right, you're welcome. Thank you for the call. Uh, oftentimes with neurological disorders uh, such as MS, multiple sclerosis, spinal cord injury, Parkinson's disease, men have problems attaining and maintaining an erection adequate for penetrative sex, and therein defines erectile dysfunction. So getting back to the menopause, it's interesting because there's been a lot of debate about this. Um, Testosterone is the hormone regulator for men. That helps with sexual desire, how men feel about themselves, sleep, bone density, very important for bone density. So uh, Dr. Malcolm Carruthers led a study recently that showed men's testosterone levels decreases in their 30s. And although they knew that before, they were always comparing it with other men in their 30s as opposed to comparing it with men in their 20s. And so they have seen the significant drops. Um, So this is relatively new information um, that is very important. And so men need to have testosterone levels drawn, a baseline testosterone level drawn in their 30s. It's very important that healthcare professionals pay attention to this as well because about 20% of men over the age of 50 have a testosterone deficiency. And the real problem, andropause, which is the other name for the male menopause or manopause, needs to be treated with testosterone replacement therapy. And there these symptoms, these symptoms can certainly impact quality of life for people, especially if you're living with them. And then, you know, if somebody's miserable and angry, like, hey, who wants to have sex with them anyway? But I have Rick on the line. He has a few questions. Hello, Rick. Hello. How are you? Good, I'm fine. How are you? Very well, thank you. Listen, I'm 68 years old, and 
I just wanted to ask you, does every man go through this? Because I don't think I went through this. No, not every man goes through this, Rick. That's what about I wanted 20%, to 20%, one in five, about 20% of men. Well, that's okay. That's a good, that's a, I'm glad I asked the question. But you know, it's not a bad idea to have a testosterone level drawn because you want to have your, or a bone density done. Because if your testosterone level is low, there, you can seemingly be asymptomatic unless you break a leg quite easily skiing or something <laughs> or yeah, trip on the curb. No, I've never had any loss of, of sex drive at all. And my wife and I have been For married. the world to know. Fabulous. Well, I'm, you know, I'm just saying, well, <laughs> That's great. That's what this show's about, right? That's exactly what it's about. And, and I uh, love that you said that. You know, my wife and I have been married for 46 years, and she went through menopause. It, she had a hard time for a while, but we still have a healthy sex life. But I've never had the downturn that you're talking about or, you know, you, you're supposed to have. That's excellent. You're not necessarily supposed to have it, and it's fantastic that you've had a healthy sex drive all of these years. That's, Thank you very much. Yeah. The, I wanted to know. Like I, that, I didn't go through this. No, but, uh, but not a bad idea to just at some point during a physical ask your doctor about having a testosterone level because, as I said, the bone density is very important. Otherwise, you're healthy, you're trim. Yes. Uh, do you exercise? Absolutely. Good blood pressure? Yes. Do you know your numbers? I know my numbers. Excellent. What are they? They I oh god I can't remember now, but my numbers are all good. That's good. That's excellent. So, yeah, no, I just yeah. Thank you very much. But I will ask for the um, bone density check next time around. Yeah, good idea. Good Thank idea. Thank you very much. All right, you're very welcome. Take care. Thanks for Bye-bye. the call. So where were we? We were back to the male menopause. So there you go. We've pretty much encompassed that. Um, I want to tell you about my patient that I had in the office this week. This is a patient in her. I don't know, maybe she was around 52. She'd gone into early menopause, and she had not been sexually active with her husband for 10 years. She came to me because she had, I know this is not the sexiest subject ever, urinary incontinence. She was leaking urine, didn't feel sexy, but she also said that she had that she had um, lost her sexual desire during her menopausal years. So she had no sexual desire. Now she's leaking urine. They had just gotten out of the habit of having sex. They never talked about it. They never mentioned it. It was off the table until I asked her, are you sexually active? And she was tremendously embarrassed and had to answer. And she said no. And she was so felt so much shame and was so embarrassed and really wanted to get back to the bedroom with her man. So I'm going to finish that story as soon as I finish with Stuart, who's on the line. Hello, Stuart. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good, thanks. Good. I'm doing good, yeah. <laughs> great. I'm so happy. That's yeah. great. Um, yeah, I found out in January I had an extremely low testosterone level. I'm only 47. Is that right? And um, over the last couple of years, my want for sex just died. Really? Um, yeah, and I um, had no energy. I was grumpy all the time. Yeah, it was really bad. My it, doctor thought I was uh, suffering depression. And you may have been, because it can lead to that. Were, are you in a relationship, Stuart? Yes, I'm married. Married. Imagine what it was like for your wife. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I know. She tells me all the time. You know? But <laughs> no. once, once, it was just accidentally that we discovered the, the testosterone was so low, and um, 
we got it on these little gel packs that you just rub on. Yes. And you do that once a day, and it's amazing. Um, I've got energy. That's great. I want sex. Uh, my attitude's changed. So, yeah, it's just something to get checked out once in a while. And I didn't know about all the side effects, like the uh, bone density. You know. Oh, yeah, that'll build up your bone density. I mean, you, if you have low testosterone, you will have erection, erection problems, maybe um, bone density oh, yeah. issues as well. So, no, that's a great story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, well, I thought I would because, like, every, my doctor said I'm way too young for this. Well, not necessarily. He hasn't seen this, re- this latest research. You're not too young for it. Yeah. Uh, sounds like it. Yeah. No, one in five men in their 30s. So you might be a little oh, old for it. I'm one of those five, I guess. You sure are. Well, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Take care. Well, we're going to have to go to break now. But when I return, we are going to talk about fetishes and piercing your penis. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath, hosting the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. It's my pleasure to be here with you this evening, as it is every Sunday evening. I love all your emails and your calls, and I base some of these shows on your emails and calls as well. So I was telling you the story about my patient just who had not been sexually active with her husband. They never talked about it. Ten years. She was embarrassed. She was ashamed. She didn't know what happened. They just kind of fell away. She did have a couple of medical issues. She had a prolapse, so her bladder was falling out, and she was leaking urine, and she was embarrassed about that because that is very embarrassing for women to have this unwanted bulge, as I say, between their legs. There are the wanted bulges and then there are the unwanted bulges. And this is definitely an unwanted bulge. And she was leaking urine as well. So I fit her with a pessary. Also, she had uh, some vaginal dryness. Some, she actually had vaginal atrophy. So she had postcoital bleeding, which made her frightened because she thought, of course, as everybody thinks when they see blood, they think they have cancer, and she thought the same. She had recurrent urinary tract infection. She overall didn't feel well. Honestly, ladies, if your vagina is dry, you don't feel great, and that's whether you're sexually active or not. It's something that can actually uh, decrease sexual self-esteem, make women feel depressed and down. So she had all of those uh, symptoms. So we also treated her with low-dose localized estrogen therapy, And then I had the sex talk with her, uh, and I gave her just a few suggestions around self-pleasure, self-stimulation, use of a vibrator, uh, lingerie. You know, you got to feel good all under. I believe in that every day. It just gives you a little bit more confidence, makes you feel a little bit better about yourself. You're ready for anything as well. So she was really embarrassed, I have to say. She, I really, she really surprised me because she was really embarrassed, even the things that I said. And I was talking about fantasy and, you know, she'd been with this man for a number of years. And, and you know, things can get a little dull. So I suggested she think of somebody else that she was attracted to. And like she just couldn't even believe I was saying this and that she wasn't sure if she could do that and... But I said, it's arousing, and yeah, exactly, Jordan's giving me the look. (laughs) Obviously, we know where you're going, anyway, (laughs) in your mind. But you should go there in your mind. It's okay. So I really didn't think much of it, and I didn't really hold out much hope, and I never expected her to actually get lingerie. But anyway, in her follow-up appointment about a month later, 
She said that the localized estrogen really improved her sexual sensation, which she had lost. She just didn't have any feeling in her genitalia, uh, around her vulva area, in her vagina, clitoris. And so that had improved. And the pessary just normalized her, made her feel well. I had also told her she could be sexually active with the pessary in place. Most pessaries, you can be sexually active. There's one where women can't be sexually active, one particular type, but she could be. She was surprised at this. Nonetheless, um, I didn't think she was going to do that either. So she returned to the office about a month later, and she had a bag of cherries for me. How how appropriate, yes. <laughs> and she was all smiles. She actually looked great. I really thought she looked younger because if you have sex twice a week on average, you will look seven years younger. And I thought she looked great. So she said to me, you know, I have something to tell you. And I said, you didn't. You didn't have sex with your husband. And she said, multiple times. I couldn't believe it. She said, basically, she used the term the term horny, which is not a clinical term. I try to stick to the clinical terms here on the show. Um, but she was very horny. And her husband said he wanted some of what she was having. So the equivalent would have been testosterone for him. But she'd had sex multiple times. She'd actually gone off and bought some new lingerie. She had never worn anything but a white bra her entire life. Can you believe that? There's like four women I've met like that. And of course, I have to buy them gifts, get, get, them, get them up to the uh, this century. So she had purchased some new bras and she was wearing them daily and some new lingerie, and she was a changed woman, and she was so happy, and she felt more intimate and much closer with her partner, and I felt my work had some value there. I really felt like my work was done. Anyway, um, so there are lots of medical issues that may impact a relationship. A lot of couples don't want to have penetrative sex. They may want be happy with cuddling or just hand-holding, so whatever floats your boat, that is what I say. But anyway, that made me happy, that little story. I have gotten a couple of emails, and I'm going to address those emails uh, when I come back. But I am going to read the email to you, this first one. We're going to stay with the cleanest one first, and that's the fetish. So it's, uh, hi, this is for the Sunday Night Sex Show, he writes. I'm assuming it's a he. Oh, I know I it is a he. Anyway, I don't mean to freak anyone out. I just have a fetish that I just can't seem to stop. I love to wear women's panties and a bra or bustier and a garter with stockings, and I have had this fetish for a long time. I was just wondering if you have heard of this before, because I can remember one time years ago I was house-sitting for my aunt, and as soon as she was gone, I couldn't wait to get into her panty drawer and put on her bra and panties and walk around in them, which I did, and then I found her maxi pads and put one of them in, and even though I knew it was extra wrong, I loved it. The fetish part wasn't wrong, Sean, and it's Sean who's written to me. The fetish part of that wasn't wrong. Perhaps going into your auntie's underwear drawer makes me think I don't want to have you house it for me. (laughs) But aside from that, that aside... There's nothing wrong with a fetish, and I'm going to explain that when I come back. I'm Maureen McGrath. Stay with me. I'll get back to you just as soon as I can. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk, Vancouver's Sex Talk. (laughs) 
Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath, host of the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Thanks for staying with me. I really appreciate it. We're talking fetishes. Do you have a fetish? Do you want to tell me about your fetish? I'm going to tell you about mine. Uh, you can call me, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. I promise not to tell anybody. I did get an email, which I read just prior to the break, about a person who asked if I'd ever heard of anyone who'd had a fetish. Well, I have my own. It hit me in the face. I got into my car to come over here tonight, and there were five boxes of shoes in my car, in the bags, receipts, bag, boxes, not even brought into my house. So I didn't want them stolen. <laughs> I didn't want them stolen, so I decided to put them in the back. So I opened up the back of the car. What do I find in there? Five pairs of shoes <laughs> that I had worn. Anyway, so a total of nine pairs of shoes in my in my car. So I have a shoe fetish. I happen to have been a foot model. I was a shoe model. Did you know that, Jordan? One of the crazy shots. Rosie O'Donnell and me both. I think it was her. I can't remember. Anyway, somebody was. I was a shoe model. I had a perfect six. <laughs> and uh, I squeezed my foot into that six. But anyway. Wait, are you serious? That, I am totally serious. I Seriously? Had, I was a shoe model. You should put a link to that, like some of your pictures on uh, on your website. Of my the shoes that I modeled? Yeah, some they, people would love that. They, I'm my, sure. They, I'm sure the ones with fetishes would love it. <laughs> Listen. They, I used to say to the guys, I would stand up there on the stage, and there were like 200 Jewish businessmen all in the shoe industry, and they just wanted me to try them on. And I, my job was to explain to them how the shoe felt, if it was tight in the heel, or and and I, but I would off, you know, because I'm mildly opinionated, I would give my opinion on the shoe. I'd say these are never going to sell; these are awful. We do not want to hear from you. Do not speak. <laughs> and then I, I often offered. Anything from the ankle up? No. <laughs> Always denied. Denied. <laughs> anyway, so I never made it up in that world <laughs> of modeling. It was the best job I ever had, though. It was a fantastic job. Uh, I got paid $50 an hour, and I could only work an hour a day. Anything over that was, an, uh, was overtime. <laughs> it was wow. great. Yeah. I had people in low places. That's how I got that job. Anyway, <laughs> seriously, total connection job. But anyway... Nonetheless, I digress, but shoes are one of the most common fetishes. So uh, my friend Sean wondered if I'd heard this before. Uh, can, but I wondered if I'd heard it before. If you've heard it, give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Um, have I heard it before? I hear it every single day. People ask me, have you ever heard of a wrestling fetish? Yes. Have you ever heard of a dancing fetish? Yes. Have you ever heard of a foot fetish? Yes. So these fetishes are common. It's very difficult to determine just how common they are. It's very difficult to ascertain that number. I did try and find the prevalence of it, but um, but it's very common. People don't want to talk about it. They don't want to say that they have this fetish. Now, Sean knows that his behavior is a sexual fetish, but he's worried that he might freak me out. But, you know, not at all. And And as long as you understand... Uh, what a fetish is, th- there's no problem with it. And fetishes don't ever really turn into criminal activity or, or something that is wrong. Uh, the occasional one does, if, especially if people are stealing. That's the only thing. So if people need to steal to meet their need um, of women's panties or whatever, then that could get them into trouble. 
But let me define fetish for you. According to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual 5, which is the Bible for Sexual Disorders and Dysfunction, a fetish or fetishism is defined as persistent preferential sexual arousal in association with non-living objects, an over-inclusive focus, typically non-sexual, body parts like feet, hands, and body secretion. So it could be saliva. I knew of somebody who had a fetish for sandals, and he chased women all around the city, just focused on their sandals. Of course, they called the police, so that was a problem. Why a person is so focused on these objects is difficult to know, but there could be genetic reasons or environmental reasons. There's something called transformational association, and that is when a person uh, of significance in your life, uh, there may something may occur. For example, Sean may have been getting ready to house sit his aunt before she went out. He may have seen her get dressed, and that may have been arousing for him. He may have seen just her underwear or her bra or something, a lace bra, and that may have been arousing for him. And so then he associated that with arousal, and then he probably then went into her underwear drawer, and we know how that story ended. Uh, uh asking other people to put certain clothing on, like fishnet stockings by the fetishist during sex, is also something common. The most common fetishes are feet, hands, and hair. And the most prevalent fetish objects are shoes, see, I told you, gloves, and underwear. So those are some of the um, commonalities about this. Sex is private. It's it's whatever you do, decide to do in your bedroom that is consensual, that is not harming anybody, that is pleasurable. Um, then it's uh, it's fine. It's okay. We don't really think about other people having sex, do we? That might be your fetish if you do. Um, so we don't really. And so as long as you're in the privacy of your own home, it doesn't lead to criminal behavior. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I don't actually even think that it's weird. It's it's people are aroused by different things. And, um, you know, there's lots of reasons for it. Um, in Japan, they actually have panty vending machines. No kidding, huh? They have everything in Japan. They're used, by the way. Of course. Well, that is the, um, that's the fetish. They actually, soiled underwear is, yeah. is more, obviously, is more so the fetish, and we know why. We do understand why. I don't have to explain that one, do I? <laughs> not, maybe not on air. I won't on air, for sure. Um, but fetishism may begin in childhood, and fetishists are usually male. Uh, so if it's causing you significant bother or distress in your life, then referral to a forensic psychiatrist may be beneficial because it falls into one of the paraphilias at that point. Um, so you're diagnosed as a paraphiliac at that stage. But um, when when you're a child and sexual excitement or orgasm is associated with non-sexual objects in childhood coupled with a strong traumatic emotional and or physical experience, or if a child experiences rejection by a significant person in their life, a fetish may be born in children as young as age four. So that's that symbolic transformation that I uh, spoke about, and that may be the root cause of fetishes. But it seems that Sean or anybody that has a fetish 
you know, maybe experience symbolic transformation. We won't know why. Often these people don't want to get help, and that's why therapy doesn't help them. And really, it's like a vicious cycle. Do you need help for something that's really no problem? There's really nothing wrong with this, Sean, and I don't want you to feel any shame about that anymore. Being judged by other people propagates shame, and that leads to illness in people. So... Sean, I wouldn't worry about it. I've heard it a million times before, but I am in the field, so it's more likely that I'm going to feel I'm going to hear these issues. It's not extra wrong. Just going into your auntie's drawer, yeah, maybe, but aside from that, it's fine. So next time, pick up your own underwear, get a friend to buy it for you if you like, um, and bustiers. I'll go shopping for you, no problem. When I come back, we are going to be talking about male genital piercing. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Have we had great music tonight or what? And great calls. Thanks for all your questions and your, and your emails. And I got a great email after last week's show. By the way, I'm Maureen. In case you're just joining us, I'm a registered nurse, expert, blogger, researcher, clinician, and uh, I am all things sex. Anyway, you might think about piercing for women. Ears, tongue, nipples, clitoris, pretty common. Uh, And for sexual, to increase sexual pleasure. But do we think about it in men? Well, I last week I got this email and here it is, pretty straight up, pretty straightforward. Dear Maureen, I was wondering if you can give me any advice about genitalia piercing in males. Don't worry, I'm not thinking of getting a PA. But I am curious about it. Thank you, Mark. So, Mark, um, a PA, for those of you who don't know, is short for a Prince Albert. And that's a type of piercing. Did you know that, Jordan? Of course you knew that. (laughs) Say no more. (laughs) Um, But, you know, a lot of people think they're all called Prince Alberts, but they're not. There's actually many different um, types there's the Ampelang and the Apra Dravia. And so, the Maureen, Dido. Do, yes? do certain piercings do certain things when you're doing sexual things? I'm getting to that. Yeah. I just need to know. <laughs> they it's do. It's important to me. You know, depending on the location, of course. And that's why these are all named different names because that depends on their location. On what the, I want to know is did Prince Albert really have a Prince Albert? Absolutely. Of course he did. Thank goodness somebody had to lead this brigade. Um, There's foreskin piercing, frenum piercing, uh, a whole bunch of different types. And so, yes, depending on where it is, it may um, stimulate the clitoris on a woman, um, may stimulate different areas. So lo and behold, along comes Lenny Kravitz, just when I decide to have this um, subject... I am going to get in so much trouble. This is not clinical. This is not medical. You're talking woodpeckers. Because <laughs> I didn't want to just say the P, the pecker part. Anyway, I just did. <laughs> That's terrible. This is a serious medical show, Jordan. Um, so we're back to penis piercing. And they are available for you. 
and they can be very stimulating. They can increase the stimulation. You want to make sure you have a healthy vagina, a woman with a healthy vagina, because they may tear, although they're actually quite smooth and they're rounded on the edges and they really don't cause any trouble, to be completely honest with you. Um, But Prince Albert is, in fact, the most common type um, of male genital piercing. But there's Lenny Kravitz. He's on stage and he crouches down and his pants tear open and out comes his penis. You may call it another word. Um, In the bedroom, a woman may call it another word, her favorite word. But anyway, so out comes that. And what I was noticing on Facebook was a lot of women were saying, I confess, oh my goodness, I looked. I thought, oh my gosh, I must be so desensitized to this. I took a magnifying glass out there. I was trying to, I'd heard he had genital piercing and I was trying to find the location. I believe it's just above the symphysis pubis. Anyhow, right in that area. And um, so he was lots of Twitter fire going on about that. But a lot of guys have uh, genital piercing and and it's fine to get it. You can always have it removed if you don't like it. Um, If it for some reason or your partner doesn't like it or whatever. So um, you want to, when you're having that piercing done, some people may recommend that your penis be erect before making the plans for um, your piercing. And you want to mark the glands, the head of the penis, for the piercing. So you want to do that in an erect state. You want to make sure that the pierce is straight. That piercing is straight because that is very crucial because of the sensitive nerves and the important arteries in the penis. You don't want anybody to just do this for you. You don't want to do this in a drunken state either. The process itself is slow and painful, and you want to make sure you do this in a straight line. So be sober when you have this done. Um, and it's it's not easy to do because of the thick, fibrous nature of the penis glands. So... You want to feed the needle slowly, or whoever's doing it for you will feed that needle slowly, and that can take several seconds, and it may cause a lot of discomfort. The piercing can take um, about you know a week to heal. You can, can bleed for that length of time, and so you want to clean it much like you would clean it with uh, pierced ears, so um, alcohol and uh, soap and water. But anyway, that's about enough about Lenny Kravitz. The lesson learned there is the truth always comes out. He wasn't all that. He was a mere mortal like the rest of you all. Average length, 5.5 inches erect. Anyway, to that end, uh, the show's over. All great sex comes to an end. Go to my website, www.backtothebedroom.ca. My blog, backtothebedroom-blog.ca, all about vaginal health. I do also write about intimacy and sexuality at v-love.co. That's a new website. But they're posted there. My, you can tweet me at back the number two the bedroom, and I did have a, just a little self help advice for you tonight. We have a few seconds left. Some self help: how to stop time, kiss. Remember when you stumble on the gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I'm Maureen McGrath. Thanks for joining me. Until next week, have a sexually healthy week. <laughs>